0: Welcome to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. It's a podcast about the nuts and bolts of life in rural Australia. The good, the bad and the beautiful. What makes you want to listen to a podcast or read a magazine story? Years ago, a dear colleague at the ABC told me that you have eight seconds to grab a listener's attention. Victoria Carey, the editor of Grazy Her, a magazine for rural women about rural women, says the first 25 words sell the story to the reader, and the picture on the cover sells the magazine. Join me today as we chat with Victoria Carey. It must be big shoes to fill. Claire Dunn started Crazy Her in 2015. It was a, um, some people said a crazy idea to start a magazine. What were your observations at that time of the magazine?
1: I was just amazed that somebody had had the guts to come out and do something for themselves at such a young age. Claire was um, in her early 20s. And I believe she was just frustrated that she was pitching stories to people and they weren't giving them a run. Um, So she decided, well, I'm just going to make my own magazine. So I thought, great, good honour. Really good.
0: What's she telling you about that experience?
1: She's telling me that when she looks back at that time, she thinks, oh, was I crazy? But I think now her advice to somebody else would be, don't listen to what other people tell you don't care about what other people think because you know who are they she just have to learn fast if you make your mistakes just get up from them and just keep going so I think she's very inspiring she's really very calm person and she just gets on with the job five
0: years ago when Gracie Who was started the media landscape was very different how do you view it at the moment and for a magazine which is a really a coffee table magazine
1: It has changed so much since then. It's just like one of the periods of greatest change, I think, that we as journalists have ever probably seen. Um, A lot of titles have closed, but I do think that there is a niche. I think that there is an audience for Grazia. It's got a very dedicated and loyal following. And I think, really, the depth of our storytelling... Our ability to tell it on many different ways with our podcasts that we've recently launched as well. I think together, all of those things combine to make a really strong um, offering for the reader. And I just think that, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. What is the mission for Her? The mission for Grazio is Claire felt that there was no media at that time telling anybody about what her life as a woman living in a remote area of regional or not just remote but any area of Australia, regional area it wasn't actually being told in the way that she wanted it to be told. So that is the original inspiration behind it. The
0: essence there what, what is it about her life that wasn't being told?
1: I think she would probably say the realities of her life I think today somebody came up to me and was talking about how important it was that women on the land are recognised. They're not just a partner, they're not just a mother, they're also equal partners in a business. It's not just the man in the house who's running the whole business. It's actually their role and getting some recognition for that as well.
0: So would you be happy to run stories on difficult issues like... Climate change or succession planning or those sorts of issues, childcare for instance.
1: I would. I would love to run things on childcare and succession planning. A lot of people have been speaking about that recently and I think it's so important. Um Four Daughters, the company I was speaking to, Karen and she was telling me about her four daughters and how they're talking to them at an early time now. They're not sort of putting it off for another 20 years, and I think the youngest is 17. Um, I'm not too sure how old her oldest daughter is, but they are working that out now. And I think, how inspiring is that and how clever is that? So those girls are going to go and start their lives and know what what the situation is.
0: How does it work with a magazine like Gracie Heard? Do people pitch stories to you or do you commission people to do stories?
1: I think it's going to be a combination of both. People pitch stories and we come across things that we think are interesting and we commission them as well. So I love a lot of pictures. If anyone is listening to you, I'd love love to get as many pictures as possible.
0: Somebody wants a commissioner you somebody wants to pitch a story to you. What do they have to tell you? How how do they sell the story to you?
1: Well, as you would know, you don't hold people's attention for very long. So your first 25 words are really important. So what is the angle of the story? What? why do people of Grey's Ear want to read about this particular story if you're a freelancer wanting to pitch a story? And the other thing is you actually do need to know about the logistics. You need to know where that person is. You need to know... um, I always love to get a couple of recce shots so you can actually just see the situation of where the person is. Um, So probably, you know, you don't want to write an essay and you do not want to write a story that's uncommissioned. it's a waste of time but you just have to get those essential facts across straight away
0: which is more important the story or the pictures or did they complement each other
1: I knew you were going to ask me that <laughs> I think that the combination is very important and I'd probably go towards the story being the most important because if the story is not there what is there so the story is the most important and then it's our job to communicate that story with images that are good. I was talking to a
0: Walkley Award winner once and she said the story, the picture has to make you want to read the story. That's the role of the picture.
1: That's a good question. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, if you're reading it, it's that first sentence. It's the heading. It's the intro. It's the cover line on the magazine. I have to say the image on the cover of a magazine is very important. So if you ask me about the cover, I'll say the image because that is so important. You've only got, you know, we call it the waterfall when the magazine's in the newsagents. So it's that top, you know, four or five centimetres of the magazine. It's the image is really important. You just can't get around that in that situation. It just is the colour... You know, so many things about it that catch the person's eye. You're listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Life on the
0: land can be tough, but the people who live there choose to live where they live. And there is a sense of community you won't find in the city.
1: What makes a photo work? I think it's when the person is just really relaxed and you catch them and they don't seem to be posed and they're just in the middle of doing what they're doing. I've been really lucky. I've worked with so many great photographers and I've sent them on jobs and I have to work out the logistics and I know what they're dealing with. But they all turn in something different. It's amazing. Like... Every photographer is just so different. Their eye and what they see, but you know, those rare moments when people capture something like those best news photography, it's when you catch that thing and you know more than I do. It's just luck. So, what makes a great photograph? Luck is a key part of it. I think luck is
0: a key part of it, but planning is another part of it, and getting
1: planning. Yeah, planning is definitely the time of day. Um, All of that, making sure the people are there, yet planning is incredibly important.
0: In this world of social media, everyone's a journalist. Not a lot of them do fact-checking, but everyone's a journalist. How do you make sure that your magazine has credibility?
1: By commissioning really good writers, by checking all the facts and making sure everything's right. Um, I often, if I'm commissioning somebody to do a research piece... I will say, well, where did you find that out? Give me your sources, you know. Like, I'm just not going to go with that because you've written it. They really, really have to do that. It's just making sure things are right because as soon as someone spells something wrong, the magazine loses credibility. If I've spelt your name incorrectly, what are you going to think of me? You're not going to think highly of me, are you? It's
0: like a, a bit like a radio journalist pronouncing a place name wrong. Your whole credibility is blown. Yes
1: the same thing the same thing so there's a lot of pressure you know you've got to get it right you do I wake up in the middle of of the night thinking about getting it wrong it would just be dreadful
0: yeah what's the role of the editor are you scary (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) I've worked with a lot of scary editors no I don't think I'm scary Um, the role of the editor is really to get that right mix of stories the right people working on them um, and I write stories as well. I get in there and I'm subbing the pages and I'm very hands-on the whole way.
0: <laughs> you've worked all over the world yes. and you've worked for many different newspaper. Yes. Thinking about young people going into journalism now, is it a career that's a viable career?
1: I still think it's viable, but I just think it's very different. And I think if you're starting today, you've got to be able to do many things so I think if you can write I think if you also can you know shoot a bit of film as well you really need to be able to do all of that you can't just be one thing you've got to be many and I think if you can do that I think you do have a viable career. Many years ago
0: people who were cadet journalists they had that you know the crusty old mentor that sort of told them how to write and 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 pull their stories apart where is that person now
1: I don't know and I do worry about that Robin I do and I think that the role of a journalist in society is so important I mean we are gatekeepers and if if there are no good young journalists coming up who've got those skills it is a bit scary because everyone thinks they're a journalist everything's on social media I mean fake news is the easiest thing in the world isn't it so yeah and I think I think people have to be really careful about where they get their news sources from I mean it's just you know things like Reddit and stuff like that it's just
0: If you were a young journalist where would you go to get a mentor I mean I think it's important that you have to go and seek somebody who's going to support you
1: well, I probably first thing, I'd if I was reading somebody or listening to somebody, a, a journalist that I admire, I would go to them and approach them. I think that's the only way, like you have to ask people for help.
0: As, as Claire Dunn said, don't be afraid to ask for help because people are very willing to give it and just how you take it and just take it on the chest, so to speak.
1: Yes, that's right. People are willing to, to help, and I think you just have to ask. You have to be brave and don't be afraid. you just got to keep just pushing yourself forward. You spoke earlier on about
0: many magazines and, and um, hit newspapers and things like that are going down the gurgle at the moment. What do you see as the future of newspapers in this country?
1: <sighs> uh, look, it's definitely... They're definitely... Um, digital is is taking over, it's just a a fact of life and I think in rural communities that's really, really concerning. I mean, how do we make sure those rural stories are still heard with all those smaller mastheads leaving, you know? I thought it
0: was interesting though, but people are so sick of looking at screens. Maybe that's a saving grace for a magazine, a beautiful magazine like Grazy Her or some of the other... um, really well-researched publications.
1: I do think there is a place for these magazines and I think it is a niche where people really do enjoy that whole experience of reading something in print and they keep them as well. It's not something that they throw away. I mean, they keep those magazines. that are not just sort of been wrapping up the fish and chips or anything like that.
0: Do you think about that when you're selecting the stories that you want to write? I mean, we had a, a whole room full of National Geographics when we were kids. They were the things that you kept.
1: Yeah. No, we did too. We did too. Yeah, no, I do think about that. And um, when I was working on Country Style, I would get... I remember in my first week, a lady emailed me and asked me if I had a copy of issue number five or something like that. And I didn't. And she said to me, I have every issue except that one. So they would keep 30 years of magazines. And I think that, you know, it's the same for Grazier. People, if something is of good quality and you can go back and read those stories again and again, you know, they have a place.
0: Is this a bit of a call-out at this point in time where we really need to archive and keep old editions of whether it's radio, TV, newspapers, print
1: Absolutely, and I think that um, it is so important. So much is is lost. Um, my father was a journalist and I don't have any of his clippings and I've been going through Trove and places like that to find his work and he was ABC as well, cadet, and I've got nothing. I've got his press pass and that's it. So I do think, yeah, I think... It's so important to preserve all of those records.
0: What made you go into journalism in the beginning? Was it because of your dad?
1: No, it wasn't because of my dad. My mum was a journalist as well. They met on a paper. And um, I actually wanted to be a professional horse rider. I got a job. I answered an ad and I got a job um, to ride track work sight scene. the only question was how much did you weigh and when i told my dad that i'd got this job and he was going to have to drive me up into the hunter valley and drop me off he was just like no way <laughs> so sadly my professional career there never really took off um i actually did teaching for a year before i started doing journalism because i actually thought no that's what my parents have done i'm not going to do it but i i just love it so much what do you love about it I just love meeting people and I just love the stories and I love, I think we're in a really privileged position because we get to meet so many people who have achieved so many different things. So it's never boring, Robin. That's why I love it. It's never boring. So when can we expect your first edition of Grazy Her? It's on sale
0: June 10. And thanks to the wonderful Victoria Carey, the new editor of Grazy Her, the winter edition of Gracie Her hits the newsstands in mid-June. It will feature Women in Wool, a follow-up on the Queensland floods, a new column called Farm Diary with Maggie McKellar, and a profile of Rosie O'Reilly, the winner of the Xander McDonald Award. You've been listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkey. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app and leave me a review. Music was composed and presented by Luke Aidney. <laughs>